Welcome to the Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Great to have you back on the Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adh.com. Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production today as uh, no holes barred, good, great entertainment, and uh, you might laugh a few times as well. We've got uh, Jeff Herman, who is Vice President of Nielsen Wireless and Nielsen Games. And um, let's see, who else do we have? Coming up here shortly, Patrick Meyer. Our very own marketing insider talking about uh, how to catapult your business uh, and your message as well. Jeffrey Gittimer is, help, my sales are falling. Oh, no. <laughs> so we've got uh, Jeffrey on a little bit later on on the show. And, of course, uh, our interview with uh, Jeff Herman. Uh, we won't play games. It's going to be a straight interview, and it'll be fun. So, True. Anyway. Hey, uh, Reader's Digest. Readers, do you, do you get that or maybe mm, not? Probably large not. print. Large print, yeah. No, I don't right. get that. Well, it, it's funny. Uh, we get it. Kathy gets it at least. Uh, Readers I Digest. I like it. I like yeah. it, yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's almost like you got to do something different. Come on now. Uh, Readers Digest has revealed that in addition to whacking its rate base by 2 million to 8 million starting in January of 08, it hmm. is for the first time regularly selling ads on its back cover. The uh, the back cover has carried various forms of art over the years. If you've seen that, uh, the works of Norman Rockwell, uh, mm-hmm. C.F. Payne, uh, that has appeared in every issue since 2003, and they've done some extensive research in-house, which means, what are we going to do? We oh, my sales are falling. Right. And the president of the group publisher, the Reader's Digest, uh, one of a number of uh, outside executives at uh, the new uh, Reader's Digest and longtime... Uh, Person here, Mary Bernier, uh, brought in following a private equity-led buyout earlier this year. They said basically, they uh, w- what are you waiting for? Make the changes. Go ahead and do that. So well, the, the artwork reason, that right? you saw yeah, exactly the, the artwork you used to see in the back page will, will be replaced by a mop ad <laughs> or something well, like that. I'm thinking Boniva. Boniva. <laughs> it'll be it'll be an older person type uh, market. Uh, well, sure, effort, yeah, okay. Well, sure. does have a prominence in Reader's Digest, I'm sure. And that's true. And but, what's uh, who was it? Sally Fields is Sally doing those Fields, spots exactly. right now. Yeah, yeah. my favorite. Yeah, she does a good job with those, I think. Well, she she certainly fits the demo, doesn't she? Well, as much you know, I had a crush on her when I was younger, but you know. She was younger, too. Yes, she, she was. <laughs> you, you and she are about the same. Actually, she's a little bit older than you, though. I would hope, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I looked up to I liked older girls back then, <laughs> but not anymore. Not anymore, because if you say that, you're in deep trouble. That's true. Okay. Uh, hey, by the way, going from Reader's Digest to the burger world, you remember, if I were to say Mama Burger, Papa Burger, and Baby Burger. That's Wendy's. You know, huh? Wendy's. No. No? A&W. Well, then I guess that didn't work. You don't remember that? (laughs) That was like one of my very first uh, experiences with like a a fast food, and it really, you know, where you drive up and then the the person comes out and they put the little thing on the side of your window. Oh, okay. So back in the drive-through, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Back in the late fifties and early sixties. Anyway, A and W's newest ad campaign touts that its uh, use of only U.S. beef in its hamburger. Uh, while trashing uh, U- uh, industry leader McDonald's, McDonald's for, having, for having Australian beef or something. Well, like they that, just right? say millions of pounds of foreign 
beef on its menu. The 32nd spot uh, also promotes A&W's Papa Burger. There it is again, claiming to be the real American cheeseburger. Now, this is interesting. Our research shows that consumers want great-tasting burgers that are made from 100% U.S. beef. And, of course, uh, no mention that it that U.S. beef is better for you than foreign beef, I suppose. Yeah. But uh, the Popper Burger has just as much fat, right, and calories and salt right, as a quarter right. pounder. So what's the difference? Well, i got to say, the, the, it, maybe it's a regional thing, but I thought A&W only made root beer. I know they have some change at some gas stations, but I would never, ever, ever guess that I could go get an A&W burger. Yeah. They used to uh, do the draft uh, root beer and then burgers and stuff on the side, and it was the whole attraction to why you would go there. That Again, that was and my region of the country where I grew up, and uh, right, that is. although you di- they disappeared, I'm, uh, you're right, Ray. You don't see those very often. I, I think maybe they're still somewhere in the U.S., but I don't know where. Also, back in the 50s, there were a lot of ma and pa chains out there that were doing the same thing, you know, with the drive-in. And right. you know, there was one in uh, Cleveland uh, called Beardens, and man, oh man, they still have great burgers today. But most importantly, their onion rings are supreme. So <laughs> well, you're making me hungry. But I have I, I visited a Whataburger, and I'm going to tell you, the folks in Refurio, mm-hmm. please change the grease in your fryer because <laughs> you made me sick, okay, last oh, night. No. Yeah, it's like, you, you know, What were you man. doing all the way down there? It's Border Patrol, isn't it? No, it's not. Corpus Christi is close to there. But Refurio, but Whataburger, please change your grease. It's time. We well, have uh, at least Pat- the one location. Just the one location. That's yes. fine. I'll buzz by. Patrick Meyer, the marketing insider, is here with us. It's called Catapult Your Brand. We'll listen to that next. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Ever see the trilogy, Lord of the Rings, where there are giant catapults throwing humongous boulders at castles and at one another? Well, that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. Marketing catapults giant ideas. Many times you hear agencies being called in to deliver the big idea. In my experience as a client and as a marketer, rarely does the agency deliver big marketing ideas. So what you really need are big marketing ideas that can aggressively drive your business forward. My experience is you need a team of people that are thinking about how to drive the business forward. What are the core drivers of the business? Those couple things that can really cause the consumer to say, wow, I need to buy that brand now. That could be product news. That could be a challenger marketing platform. It could be new packaging. It might be a totally new experience. The key here is you need to start with what drives the business going forward. One great example is we and Nintendo. Can you imagine the group that was working on that and brought that into their management? That was bold thinking. Another great example might be Starbucks and either bringing music in or their linkage with T-Mobile to bring Wi-Fi into every Starbucks. Seems pretty obvious now, but at the time, it was a catapult. One of the things that we do with our clients when we do catapults is to take every aspect of the business, the big drivers and every one of the marketing components, and to systematically try to catapult them. Not all work, but where you get to is a whole different place, and you rethink the traditional, and you push out and find new ways to drive the business. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. This is Patrick Meyer as your Marketing Insider, and remember, the revolution is now. Hey, you want to know more? Go to nowink.net.
or send me an email at patrick at nowinc.net. There's that Lonely Hearts thing again. Patrick yeah. Meyer on the Advertising Show, Catapult Your Brand. We've got uh, Jeffrey Gittimer on the way in a little while. Help, my sales are falling and I can't get up. And uh, Jeff uh, Herman is our special interview out of Chicago this weekend. It's uh, Jeff is vice president of Nielsen Wireless and Nielsen Games. And you and I talked about the the gaming industry and the the opportunity for uh, running advertising and such. So that'll be a good uh, uh, opportunity to talk to uh, Jeff about that as well. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Looking for some exciting things. You mentioned uh, Patrick trying to solicit emails there. I think we're going to put him up in, uh, on Facebook. But uh, I like, uh, which is the fastest-growing digital music service on the planet, uh, planet, owes its surging popularity to Facebook, Ray. After in, uh, integrating its music-sharing service into Facebook, I like is now growing at a rate of 1 million new registers Per week. Wow. That's right. And the social music uh, side is also being taken far more seriously by record labels with the iFace, uh, sorry, the iLike uh, Facebook application. Hmm. Users share music preferences and, and, uh, that are received uh, through customized iTunes playlist as well as personalized concert and music recommendations and then it automatically syncs up. Uh, its service to your Facebook friends, which is the viral aspect of it. And sure. I like is actually better off, of course, with the Facebook relationship than a standalone application. So right. it's a great, great marriage there. So let's see. The iPhones have been out for a few weeks now. You have yours yet? I don't Not have yet. mine. I'm going to let them work the bugs out on that first. That's a good plan. Well, that's what they're saying about the new Microsoft stuff as well. It's like, don't get it quite yet. You know, they're trying to look like the Apple, uh, the, the Apple look and functionality and such. They said they got, oh, yeah. some, they got some problems with that. Jeff Herman is our special guest here on the Advertising Show with Rachel Lenz and Brad Forsyth, and we'll be back uh, with our interview with Jeff uh, out of Chicago, Vice President of Nielsen Wireless and Nielsen Games. That'll be fun, and we'll do it in just a minute on the Advertising Show. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Like that from the makers of Johnson Wax that also make uh, pudding topping stuff. And it's like, great. Put that on your floor. That'll kill the bugs. Jeff Herman is our special guest on The Advertising Show, Vice President of Nielsen Wireless and Nielsen Games. Currently, he actually leads two businesses, uh, Nielsen wi- uh, Wireless and Games, both a part of the Nielsen Company. He drives Nielsen's measurement strategy and business product development and emerging media categories, specifically for the wireless and video game industries. He also sells Mary Kay on the side. No, I'm yeah. joking. Uh, uh, Jeff, uh, out of uh, Chicago, welcome to The Advertising Show. Good to have you here. Thank you. It's very nice to be here. Yeah, before we, uh, Jeff, get into talking about Nielsen's recent announcement to get into measuring mobile phone users, let's lay some foundation, uh, if you would, for why this particular market segment is important enough to be measured. Sure. It all The fundamental aspect of this is the rise of, we'll call it, Internet protocol. So the connectivity of the consoles are really driving a lot of the new advertising opportunities in the, for the video game industry. And so the next generation consoles that caught so much buzz over the past holiday season and, and still is continuing here into the summer, the PS3, the Nintendo Wii, and the Xbox 360, of course, was the first one out of the gate, all have capability to be connected to the Internet. And we're finding that as 
people purchase these new next-generation consoles, they're very likely to connect them to the Internet straight away. So you can not only have a gaming experience in the traditional sense, but then also pick up the online capabilities or the community aspects of gaming, playing with your friends, playing with uh, someone here in Chicago, could be playing with someone in Singapore simultaneously uh, to really just drive a, a more robust gaming experience. So, so it makes it, that I'm sorry, techno- I'm sorry, technological facet also then got the advertiser's interest because they, they're thinking, well, I really desire that young male demographic and I'm, they're very hard to reach. Where can I reach them that, that it's a very compelling experience, a compelling uh, segment? And, you know, gaming is really is an area where they can be reached, and uh, it's a very, you know, tuned-in audience, if you will. Can you share with us a sense of the market size and how marketers are, are – well, let's start with the marketplace. So can you size that up for us? Sure. Uh, 41% of U.S. TV households, of U.S. households, have a video game console. And uh, roughly speaking, on the in the average day, we're seeing about. Um, well, actually, let's let's look at the course of a month. R- roughly speaking, about 100 million people game at, at, for at least a minute over the course of a month. So, so this is you know, we're saying a little less than half of the population of the U.S. is involved in gaming in some way, shape, or form. And I say that is console gaming specifically. If you think about PC gaming and and actual casual gaming, which things as simple as Solitaire or Bejeweled or um, Literati when you're playing online, that that demographic and that size of the market is actually quite broad and, and extends into the older demographic categories, upwards of uh, you know 50 plus. And give me that figure again. How many million uh, use a, a game console one minute per month? What was the figure again? Uh, basically, at any given time, uh, over the course of an average month, almost 100 million people gain. 100 million. My goodness. That is uh, that is a significant market. And, of course, when you talk about uh, mobile and the combining of, uh, of mobile and, and video uh, gaming, I guess that's the reason why they would have one guy with Nielsen heading up both uh, both divisions, huh? Because they see an, a merging of those two? Well, actually, it's more just about measuring new platforms. So as we started back in the 80s measuring cable and cable network distribution as a new media platform, video on demand was a, is a new platform, the set-top box is a new platform. These are two new platforms that are emerging simultaneously here for the past year. And, uh, you know, our goal at Nielsen is to work with the actual new platforms, the new industry, the video game industry in this case, or the wireless industry, and introduce them and, and help work collaboratively to introduce you know to, to give them the the um, rationale for independent third-party measurement and what are the critical success factors to driving an advertising business model and one of those factors uh, amongst many is is having transparent accurate metrics from which they can be evaluated independently because at the end of the day a seller, um, it's a seller and a buyer's a buyer, and we're there in the middle helping uh, provide a level playing field, and, and so they can speak the same language. Hmm. Yeah, and staying with the groundwork here, we're going to talk a little bit about metrics and, and get a better understanding of how you guys are measuring the wireless market. But before we do that, 
give us a sense of, of in-game advertising, just kind of as a, a 101. I know the biggest portion of game-based advertising is, is mostly in the display ad uh, and advert games on web-based gaming portals, but there's also... Uh, I guess dynamic and static uh, ad placements and so forth. Give us a sense of of, of how advertisers are connecting with the uh, the video game market today. Sure. So uh, over the past few years, the product placement or brand integration has been a strategy that's primarily been used, and, and that's simply hard coding an ad, say, into a billboard. So if you have a racing game. There's an ad that's displayed on the billboard, and every time you circle the track, uh, you see the ad. And that ad uh, has to be has to go into the development cycle of a game title. And video games typically take or upwards of uh, 18 months to two years to develop from start to finish. So from a long-term standpoint, those brands with an enduring presence uh, have been able to utilize video game advertising, but but you can see from a a cycle standpoint, two years is quite a long time to wait for your ad to hit the market. So that's why with console connectivity, and we're seeing about 20% of uh, consoles are connected to the internet today. With connectivity, it enables dynamic ads, and dynamic ads are the real-time ad insertion. So video games still take a long time to develop, still take up to two years to develop, and they're becoming very expensive to develop due to the capability of the gaming console itself. These consoles are so powerful and they're so graphically intensive, they can handle so many graphics, that the publishers are spending a significant amount of money just developing this product. And so they ship the game title with ad insertion inventory, so in effect, empty units, if you will. And so you can see a, a pop machine and I'll say pop because I did grow up in western Pennsylvania um, <laughs> instead of soda, which uh, I'm currently in the Midwest, so I can say You can still say that, right, exactly. Will. But uh, you'll see that you can, they'll ship a, a, a game with a piece of inventory that can actually be enabled on a real-time basis. So if, say, for example, Pepsi wants to take the position on that soda machine uh, during the game over the course of, say, a three-month period, and then that, that advertiser can be swapped out, and maybe you can, you can produce a, a new uh, health food drink or, or, or a more a water-based product. So that dynamic nature just increases the ability to spend more, um, with, more with greater frequency, with greater control and greater tactical control because you can actually change your, your campaigns on the fly versus having this notion of hard-coded ads uh, that you had to plan for several years out. Jeff Herman is our special guest here on the Advertising Show, Vice President of Nielsen Wireless and Nielsen Games. Three Shillings and Brad Forsyth. We've got a couple more segments with Jeff, and we know you want to stay right here, right? Exactly. Don't go away. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. 
having a dry beer, huh, Brad? Foam on top. That's it. We are back with Jeff Herman, our very special guest. Jeff is a Buckeye, by the way, and that's a good thing. Jeff is vice president of Nielsen Wireless and Nielsen Games out of Chicago this weekend. Jeff, good to have you back on the advertising show. Thank you. Yeah, I was reading an article, and I'm just going to have to go from memory uh, a few days ago, about how companies are getting involved in providing, uh, I don't know, I guess I'll call it an upgrade or, or various other uh, components to an existing online video uh, game, and it is a way of being able to get that particular uh, provider, that being, of course, a, a brand, a company that has a, a reason to put their brand within the gaming environment, uh, and they offer these uh, upgrades and so forth for free in exchange for exposure of their of their brand or their product. Can you talk a little bit about that, Jeff, please? Sure. The, you know, that, that form of, that's a form of a subsidy. So from an economics 101 standpoint, you know, that's really what drives businesses. You either you pay for it directly through subscription or you go for an advertising subsidy. And as we know, historically speaking, television started um, basically from the early 50s and, and the uh, Clorox radio hour. If I'm, well, I can't say I was alive back then, but, but I know that brands sponsored an entire show, and that advertising subsidy drove an entire medium, and the television advertising industry is a $70 billion industry today due to that ad subsidy. So there's a point at which consumers will stop paying, and you look at your, your telephone bill or your communications spending and you say at some point you know I, I just I'm not going to pay another 14.95 per month you know you can look at satellite radio is that really what's the problem with satellite radio it's subscription based not saying that there's a problem with it but um, how do you really drive higher subscriptions and so from that standpoint the more ad subsidies that can go into supporting these new mediums and new platforms the more consumers will have access so this subsidy actually yields consumer welfare I'm going back to economic terms again, so I'll stop there. Well, share with us what uh, Nielsen will be offering marketers in terms of metrics for understanding more about the wireless market, Jeff. So the goal there is really to equivalize all of these new media platforms to how advertisers currently evaluate their advertising opportunity. So metrics as simple as reach, the percent of people that were exposed, and frequency, how often they were exposed, and time spent with, you know, how, how valuable is this content to the consumer. So, so really, um, there are some new opportunities when you look at the fact that you have location-based opportunities, uh, reaching people at the right place at the right time with the right level of interest. But uh, early on, we, I think the goal is to really keep it simple. And back in the Internet, uh, I was around when we launched net ratings in the late 90s, and, and at first we wanted to be very different and very unique. But then finally, within a few years, we said, you know what? The Internet will be best served if it can be evaluated relative to everything else. And so that's really what the goal was, just to keep it simple, keep it consistent, and let the media evolve uh, as new, as new you know, opportunities are found for it. It's uh, It's been suggested Nielsen Wireless will help the mobile industry establish more competitive market positioning and differentiation. How, how exactly will you guys help mobile media companies do this? So uh, if you think about the handset and looking at your phone, the deck and the actual screen in which you select from your menu of services, 
to do text messaging or to place calls. It's very small, and the real estate on that deck is at a very high premium. And so there are many, so we'll just say dozens of content opportunity to put on the mobile device or put on the handset. And the wireless carriers, through this uh, data that we'll be putting forward to the market, will be able to choose the best content that is attractive to their actual subscribers. And that's we have that information because we have segmented our national panel by wireless subscriber. So we're helping the wireless carriers program their decks more efficiently with the most compelling content, uh, you know, say keeping things in the top three to five selections instead of bearing something that's really compelling down, say, in, in uh, row number 20 in which it might never be found. Hmm. That's interesting. You know, just out a few weeks ago, you guys made an announcement and jointly with uh, Sony Computer Entertainment America to develop a measurement system for game network advertising. Can you talk a little bit about this uh, this relationship? Is it a is it a JV or is it just a, an alliance? What's going on there, Jeff? Yeah, it's it's really a collaboration. So Nielsen is building independent measurement of the video game industry through its Gameplay Metrics product. And, and Sony stepped forward and in an effort to ensure full transparency and to mitigate the risk of the buyer, has said, we want, we're want we launching an advertising platform. Nielsen, we want you to come in and measure it, uh, and measure it to ensure full transparency, to make sure it's the most accurate uh, accounting of all of the activity that happens. So this is um, it's a very exciting development because the method in which we're doing it is we're taking their census level information, so all of the data that rolls across their network from game title usage from the first party and third party publishers, in addition to their network traffic as people connect their consoles and and surf across the various services on their network, taking that census information and marrying it to our panel information to really provide a 360 view of the gamer. And so we're supporting a multi-platform evaluation opportunity here. Very special guest on the show today, Jeff Herman, Vice President of Nielsen Wireless and Nielsen Games uh, with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. The advertising show being powered by a, a really cool thing called Tendency. It's at Shipple.com. It's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. Check it out, too. And uh, we hope you'll stay with us. We've got one more segment with Jeff on the advertising show. How can 18 different companies all sell the exact same thing known as water? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most thought-provoking, groundbreaking stories Stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. Your job demands you not only have good ideas, but great ideas. And those great ideas have to start somewhere. And that somewhere is in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. How can you get someone's attention if you don't have $10 million in a celebrity endorsement? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most innovative and groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. The next big idea demands out-of-the-box thinking. Start your search for greatness in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Snap.
What a happy sound. Snap is the happiest sound I've found. You may clap, rap, clap, clap, snap. Welcome back to the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Out of Chicago this weekend, it is Jeff Herman, who is Vice President of Nielsen Wireless and Nielsen Games. By the way, didn't give out the website yet. It's Nielsen.com, N-I-E-L. SEN.com. So, Jeff, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Yeah, let's take advantage of, uh, of your wealth of experience and understanding of these new markets. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, some of the more innovative things I would think that you would be aware of as being Vice President of Nielsen uh, Wireless as well as Nielsen Games as far as some of the, some of the more, uh, I don't know, cutting-edge marketing opportunities that you maybe are aware of that aren't out there yet and how advertisers plan to connect with the video game consumer, say, next month, next year, six months out? Sure. You know, I can speak to uh, that from from a mobile media standpoint, so looking at the wireless industry. Sure. And, you know, let's talk about search. And search marketing, of course, we know that there's a very successful company uh, that starts with the G that uh, has, has taken the market by storm. Uh, Ends with the Google. Right, exactly. Driving a significant amount of money uh, from search. But if you think about mobile, how does search translate to the mobile device? Well, it's not very elegant if you think that simply search will just move to a mobile platform. The, the notion of a relevancy algorithm has to be put into play here. So if you look at the information available on the mobile device, not only location information, which is a primary driver, but past behavior as far as content consumption. So is this a news consumer or a weather bug or a sports junkie or a gossip hound? Looking at the lifespan of the consumer, their content preferences, their location information, the time of day, um, all of those data points feed a lot of intelligence. And so local search, if you, if you type a word bleach, well, bleach could be Clorox, or bleach could be a Japanese anime character. And so all of that has to take place, all of that intelligence has to fire and take place to, to deliver the right type of search result to the mobile consumer. And, and so that's a very, it's a very complex process, but it's, it's one that could be, if it's done properly, will be a complete home run. And the right the marketer who, who embraces an intelligent search from that point and makes it very relevant will have a, a big home run in their hands. And I, and I know that's uh, in development with a number of the different mobile companies today. You know, as you guys begin to offer some of this, these new metrics for measurement, uh, Arbitron just uh, finished uh, accreditation for their uh, PPM measurement system. I would assume that you guys are going to need some kind of similar industry, regulatory, organizational, uh, third-party, uh, you know, approval for your metrics, or is that still a part of? Is that a part of your industry yet? Well, so we we agree that that. Um that accreditation process is, is of critical importance to stand to existing media measurement platforms, to existing media. And as a function of the way in which we're creating these new measurement services, they're a byproduct of our existing services, or you could, in, in effect, say, a line extension of our existing services. So from square one, we, we already have a, a leg up from a quality, data quality standpoint. But I will caution the fact that accreditation processes, you know, you think about an audit process. 
you say the word audit, and you and the word audit and innovation typically don't exist in the same sentence. So, from an innovation standpoint, uh, we are going to seek. We're going to be producing the highest quality measurement possible, but we're not going to be seeking accreditation in the very near future because we still have a lot of of room to grow, and and we want to make sure we continue to innovate and continue to do me- new measurement techniques and not have to stop and wait for the audit that typically takes six months to a year. That makes sense. Hmm. Lots of, makes a lot of sense. Jeff, it's been fun having you here on the Advertising Show, Vice President of Nielsen Wireless, Nielsen Games. You can uh, check out more about that company by going to nielsen.com. It's been fun having you here. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks. I, I really did. I had a blast, and have a great August. We have uh, more of the Advertising Show coming your way here in just a moment with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Don't you dare go anywhere. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. From San Francisco comes... Rice Aroni, the San Francisco treat. Rice Aroni. Now they have less salt in Rice Aroni because they figured out that it causes... No, that's the other guys that do the uh, the uh, rice stuff or whoever. Low sodium? Zatarans, yeah. Oh, they got yeah. less salt so it won't kill you. Yeah. Yeah. You load up in that salt with that other stuff. Actually, the stuff that's really bad for you, and the kids love it, and it's cheap, are the ramen noodles. You might as well just uh, call, call, it, call it quits eating that stuff. Like, oh, my God. Yeah? Yeah, enough salt for the entire year. <laughs> you know, Blockbuster, you always want... It was weird when I saw the first... Uh, it wasn't Blockbuster. I forget who it was. They, they closed the store. It was a music store. I guess it would be Blockbuster Music, I guess. I don't know. But they closed a music Sound store. Sound Warehouse. Well, no, it wasn't. I think it was. Well, I don't know, but it was yeah. like a blockbuster. And now mm-hmm. they they're doing the movie things and all that kind of good, right? Good things and uh, basically competing against Netflix and running a campaign that they're better than Netflix because they actually have a actually have a physical store you can take stuff back and get something else. But yeah. uh, what they're trying to do, they're fighting a, a losing battle. They're uh, planning to close right. 282 domestic stores this year um, in the United States to improve operating margins and expand their domestic share, according to a Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh, Blockbuster's effort to accelerate closures of underperforming and marginal stores in the United States comes as the company is spending heavily to beef up its online uh, rental business to compete with rival online DVD rental service Netflix, which is doing an incredibly good job. Uh, 2006, they closed 290 stores. Uh, hmm. Netflix has, by, by the way, 6.8 million subscribers who pay 4.99 to 47.99 per month. Can you imagine paying that much to rent DVDs that they select online and are delivered through the mail? Blockbuster ended March with more than 3 million online customers, so they're they're half behind. So it's yeah. incredible. But it's interesting to see these places, these fixtures that have been with us for so long uh, going away. Um, right. I don't know. Obviously, Blockbuster is going to have to do something to, to jump up its uh, its half uh, or 50% of business to Netflix. I don't know what they can do. Well, and there's some suggest that Netflix's uh, future is limited because eventually, you know, movies are downloaded through the Internet and you'll sure. pay just like you do for iTunes and, and uh, music, especially when, as they say, one day the uh, Internet will be overlaid through your television system yeah. and you'll be able to bring... Bring uh, content through through uh, through your actual TV set from so the Netflix, top box. So yeah. Netflix is basically riding the wave, and the wave For now, will, yeah. the wave will hit the beach, and it'll 
It'll change, basically. Meanwhile, the CEO that invented that whole concept, what a brilliant idea, uh, is raking it in. Yeah, exactly. We've got Jeffrey Gittimer here in the advertising show. Help, my sales are falling. We'll find out what that's all about. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Help, my sales are falling and I can't get them up. When sales go down, all kinds of hell breaks loose and all kinds of fingers get pointed. All kinds of blame gets issued. And all kinds of panic sets in. Most people blame it on the economy, when in fact, the economy has little or nothing to do with it. You might even think it's the season or some other silly excuse. My first recommendation would be to call your existing customers and find out why. But the fact is that this is almost never done. When sales are decreasing, there's a reason. And unless you find out the reason from the people who are buying from you, you're not likely to fix it. The first thing to do is look at the quality of your product. Is it declining, especially as it relates to the pricing of your product or your competition? Your competition may be undercutting you or trying to steal some of your customers. Your salespeople or you are being outsold. Your sales tool technology has not kept up with the rest of the world. Your hours of operation are not in sync with your customers' needs for your product and especially for your service. It's not easy to do business with you. And maybe it's not as easy as, as it was, as it used to be, or as it could be, or as it should be. Get customer feedback until you begin to see the trend reversing. And then throw a huge thank you party for your customers to reward them for rewarding you. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. That's Jeffrey Gittimer on The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Uh, Patricia Aberdeen is our guest next week. Patricia is an author of Megatrends 2010. Okay, mm-hmm. so we earlier we had the 2012 thing about uh, online, uh, you know, not online, gaming, uh, advertising and such. Mm-hmm. So she, Patricia is taking us to 2010, which right. is not that far away. No, it's not. My gosh, that's incredible. We'll have to check back with her after 2010 to see how right she was. You think so? Yeah. Well, I don't know. She co-authored the uh, book with John Nesbitt on Megatrends, which okay. you may recall several right. years ago. So she's uh, she knows her stuff. It should she knows be interesting. Right. Yeah, exactly. Ray, real quickly, do you think 60 is the new 50? Absolutely. Well, a new magazine's hoping it is Elder E L D E R dot com, soon to be launching Elder Magazine. Will target the sixty plus market and their tag Ray yeah. celebrating aging. Ooh. Oh, I don't like that. No, I don't either. No, that's terrible. Okay. They're, they're fe- featuring, by the way, a ninety three year old uh, Olympic uh, champion sprinter, uh, senior Olympics, of course. Nothing like a ninety three year old to make a sixty three year old feel young, right? <laughs> I wouldn't say that 50 is the new, 60 is the new 50. I'd say it's more like 45, because that's yeah. what I feel like as well. I agree. Really, that works well, you're not 60, though. 
<laughs> Pretty doggone close. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Too close for comfort there, Brad. Uh, then again, you being the younger one here, that's fine. You always can rub it in. I, I have no problem with that. I'm sorry. My voice is changing. <laughs> Bad Advertising Show uh, brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. <laughs>